guys see that uh, creepy AI Ancor <laughs> uh, that it was just uh, uh, introduced by a Chinese company. I'm not don't remember the name of the company, but it's super creepy. Uh, basically, the first uh, not even genetically created, but code created Ancor for the news. It looks absolutely real. Even wears a suit and talks and delivers the news and stuff like that, but it's just so creepy. Uh, and there are always, as always, there are two or three sides. I see that LinkedIn is very interesting in this regard. It starts with one guy posting the news. He is in the first wave, right? There's There are always a couple of waves. The wave number one are people who post something in the form of a, you know, just, just an update or news with maybe like a slight comment. I even commented this morning, like just hashtag Black Mirror said, hello, Black Mirror. That's it. Because it, it really kind of is. Um, the This AI stuff that's happening right now, it's not scary so far, but it's already creepy. And if it's already creepy, then, well, it might become scary one day. Then the second wave of people, they start uh, criticizing what's happening there start being negative and start being Elon Musk's of the world saying that it's Skynet and we're all going to die because, you know, robots will kill us all, which, well, might be true. And there is the third wave, people who finally saw the news and, the, and, and are posting stuff. And because there are so many comments already and everyone has seen it, but now they just have to post it because, well, they, they've missed the news, right? Now they have to come up with something bigger. So they have a vision and now they have to share their vision plus this, you know, the update. It's so funny. Uh, and what's funny about this is that it's logical for me that people criticize this stuff because you can really, uh, well, you can really find reasons to criticize it, right? Because we've all seen movies and we have brains in our heads and we can really predict a lot of stuff that could happen, right? If there are machines or code-driven uh, algorithms that do stuff on their own, well, something could get out of hand, right? Uh, it's logical to, you know, just to have that thought. But I'm always amused by people who have the vision, right? Who support AI uh, in the way that it becomes almost religiously good when they say that, yes, it will disrupt this and it will disrupt, disrupt that, but it, they will start helping us over there. And uh, yes, millions of people will get out of jobs, but new jobs will be created and stuff like that. We've all read those books, guys, starting with Henry Ford, right? Who uh, you quote a lot. And one of my favorite books, yes, at that time, totally when cars replaced horses, a lot more uh, a lot more jobs uh, were created. It might be true that, you know, this time too, but the thing is, Henry Ford was writing that book when it already happened. <laughs> and you're writing this stuff when nothing has happened yet. And you're just basically uh, just wasting our time reading your, your thoughts on this. Not even thoughts, but they... You know, I'm always amused by people who make predictions and who basically post something as if it has already happened. 
and that's how it's going to be and how great it's going to be and stuff like that. Then you remind me of those European friends of mine who went to railway stations when the refugee crisis started and they, they were all so, uh, so warm and fuzzy about all the situation. They were making their kids uh, create those, po those posters and signs and they took them with them to the railway stations greeting all those refugees until a couple of years later all those friends had to start looking for new places to live because it was unbearable in, in the neighborhood that once was one of the best ones in Dusseldorf, for example. Now it's basically a ghetto. This is pretty much the same stuff here. Uh, it's so easy to, you know, be this positive guy about the future because when you only see the, the positive side, you know, you don't have any other option and it's really easy to comprehend. And it's really easy to dwell on that thought too. Criticizing is easy too because you have all the, you know, all the reasons. What's not easy is basically doing something in this direction uh, in terms of control, in terms of your own contributions, in terms of your own analytics and articles and blogs and networking with people who are uh, doing something in this, in this particular industry. And then giving us your thoughts not before that right uh so this guy uh, this ai encore this morning uh well he was really creepy i mean one thing is for certain that in the next probably one or two years not 10 years or five years all chinese encores will be replaced by um by ai guys okay um now the second thought was uh then i went to the gym once I saw that, um, went to the gym, trained a little with my trainer, and uh, I saw something really ridiculous. Uh, that was a trainer who was clearly out of shape. She was wearing all the traditional, well, personal trainer clothing, but she was clearly out of shape. Uh, she was overweight, like well overweight. And she was training a girl, she's probably like in her 20s or something, and she clearly had no idea how to use those machines. And she was just damaging her, you know, her, her joints and her muscles, her, her back, like just doing everything incorrectly. And, and that was this controversial moment when I asked my trainer, is it okay for a personal trainer to be out of shape and to be able to train someone? And he, he said, of course not. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's just the... You know that today everyone is afraid to uh, to speak up when there is something like this going on because you know you can be called anything. And I promise not to touch on these points in my podcast, like politics and social constructs. But I mean, this stuff just happens around me, so this is my experience. It's not my thoughts or ideas, so I'm not pushing any agenda. I'm just saying that. It happened to me today. I saw this. I think it's wrong. I think it's ridiculous. I think leading by example means that you need to be the example for the trainee and and for once, right? And, and, and second, you need to know how to use those machines so you could train that person. Otherwise, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, to her defense, in her defense, the girl had to see that herself and you know if she made that decision then she made it consciously so no strings attached but 
I think it's, you know, it's kind of wrong anyway. And then we went to, which is unusual. I mean, I usually work all the time, but then we went to have some fancy sushi lunch with my wife. They closed down this whole thing for us for some reason. Uh, it was pretty nice. Uh, had a little chat and like a, this, the, the, the story with that trainer just um, organically continued in the conversation that me and my wife had. And she told me about a friend of hers, a childhood friend, who just suddenly started writing her, messaging her a couple of months ago and basically talking in the same language and about the same people and about the same situations they were in like 20 years ago or something. And I remembered right away that I also, I also have a couple of stories from, you know, just from a couple of years ago when I accidentally bumped into some of my childhood friends who were all speaking that same language and were calling the same names and were talking about the same stories that we all shared when we were in high school. And it was so wild because I've moved on so much from there that it was absolutely incomprehensible for me to, 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 be, to be hearing that. But apparently there's a, like a huge layer of people in your life who forever stay in the moment and they will not move on because they feel comfortable or I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they actually, you know, feel, but it's so off. It's like, it's not my life at all. And this is really weird because my childhood memories are damaged now and hers too. Like those childhood memories that we had about those people in our lives are now damaged because now these people as adults have proved that they haven't moved on and they're still talking about some problems 20 years ago. And hey, do you remember what he said about that? Like, what? Are you crazy? Why are you thinking about this? Why is it bothering you today, 20 years later? So yeah, um, move on, guys. Uh, every day, every day is an opportunity to move on to build something new, to create something new, to reinvent yourself. Actually, you is the only, like in my eyes, right? Again, I'm not teaching anyone. It's just my idea that you are entitled to you, only you, right? You're not entitled to tell anyone else what to do and how to do stuff unless they ask you. But uh, what about you? And I treat myself as a project, right? I'm, I'm a project. I'm not gonna like go into super details on what it really means, but I think you get the general idea that you as a project, you have so many ways to improve and, and you know and enhance and become better at something because it's just interesting to see what you're capable of, what this body is capable of, what this mind is capable of, this brain consciousness, is it soul or is it just something that lives in, in you know inside your brain? and it's part of this you know whole system like all those questions are pretty pretty extreme and they're pretty interesting and i'm on the path to find out so that's that's what excites me but you know if you're stuck in a situation when you're still thinking about something that happened 20 years ago or even last week uh, at work or you know you're talking about people that's really i mean that's an indicator. I'm not, I'm not judging or saying like it's bad or yeah, you should move on and blah, blah, blah. But just saying that from my experience, it's an indicator. It's a sign that 
you need to look into more serious things about you. Like, where are you right now in life? Are you happy with where you are? What do you need to do to get where you want to be? What do you actually need to do to get to, to, to be happy? And then, of course, it takes guts or I should say balls to make a move, to start moving in that direction because you need to lose it. Like Che Guevara said, to achieve much, you need to lose everything first. That's so true. You actually do need to lose everything. And that's the most, well, that's the hardest part for most people. And uh, okay, now then, went back to the office and we started working on Focus Brands. Uh, new episode of Do For Disruption, Focus Brands is on it. Um, I had a little chat with Kat Cole, their president right now. And uh, she was nice to say that she will watch the video. So that's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, usually no one, nobody really wants to watch controversial videos. And as you know, Techery, my engineering company, is all about uh, showing brands, you know, the way how they should disrupt themselves unless, you know, they, they already have a plan. But most brands, they, they're just, again, they're just soaking in their own success or plateauing or just being indifferent to change. But it's just a time bomb, really. Uh, with this AI stuff that I just mentioned and everything else that's going on in the world of technology, uh, there is no difference anymore between the world of technology and our world. Everything that we touch, everything that we communicate with, everything that we feel, even everything, all our emotions, everything's going to be digitized, already is being, and there is no difference. So if you're a brand that's successful or has been successful for 15 or 20 years and you have consumers and you have this large customer base and you still like send them emails hoping that they will respond to your 10 questions, uh, you hope, hope, hopelessly trying to survey your, uh, your unengaged audience, then you're missing out because those times have passed already. It's not how you do it anymore. And, uh, well, Focus Brands is going to be just another example of such archaic uh, approaches, despite the fact that they actually rebuilt their entire office in Atlanta just last year, I think. They replaced it with a modern, open space, community-oriented office, which everybody hates. I'm sorry to tell you that, Focus Brands execs, but that's true. Just read your... Glassdoor reviews that dropped from 4.5 stars to, I think, two and a half right now. And most of those comments are about The Office. That's, by the way, it's another ridiculous thing. I was reading an article about this, that it was some guy, some dude in the 70s or 80s who introduced this open office concept to one company. I don't remember the company, but that was the hype. That's when it, it originated. Today, scientists... And other data people, they actually have studies that show you numbers, like particular numbers of focus and productivity. And it's so, like, there's just so many of them. Just pick one. And they, they all say the same thing, that open office concept as is uh, affects productivity greatly, that people who are not in the, in the, in the open office community-oriented office space they're like 20 to 30% more productive than people who are in the office 
in, a, in the open office space. Plus, the idea, allegedly, the idea of an open office is that you become more social, right? You socialize with your coworkers. Wrong. Actually, the contrary, on contrary, people become even more isolated. They put on the headsets. They're trying to kind of create space for themselves because it's a natural thing for people. Like they're not social to that extent. They, they, they like to be social when they choose to, not when they're made to be social. So plus noise. It's, I mean, it's just so bad. I remember one of her older offices was an open space and everyone was complaining about it. Like the, uh, those little isolated booths where you could have a conversation or, you know, like meeting rooms, they were booked back to back, like weeks and, you know, weeks in advance. And people who actually needed to have a call couldn't do it because they were all booked back to back, not because people were busy uh, having meetings, but because they just decided to work there away from the noise. And that created a lot of disruption, you know, in terms of our managing our office spaces from from there on. Uh, so, yeah, Focus Brands will be on the show due for disruption. I'm not sure what the reaction will be, but, well, I'm always positive uh, in those in those episodes. I offer, I'm, I'm always offering a solution. I'm always trying to see the future and try to see, you know, how things can be improved with technology and stuff like that. That's what Techery is about. That's what we do for our customers. All right. And uh, final thing for today is I'm so excited, but at the same sad, which is a weird emotion uh, because I saw one of the weirdest celebrations in boxing as you probably know i'm a fan of mma and boxing and racing but recently one of the guys that i absolutely love alexander usik from ukraine where well my ancestors are from too um put uh tani uh value to sleep well sorta on the ring he won in the eighth round and it was this weird sad celebration which you rarely see in boxing i mean ukrainians and eastern europeans they're brought up differently i've mentioned that in one of the podcasts before on one hand they're really raw like rough people uh tough and uh you know may, may not be smiling all the time might not know all those like generic stuff when you meet you know with somebody uh at the elevator and they're you know in the hallway and that person says hi a lot of Eastern Europeans who moved to the States, they freak out because that's not how it's done in, in Eastern Europe. Like in Eastern Europe, you will literally have a, I don't know, like three by three elevator where you're like literally standing nose to nose with someone, with your neighbor who lives in the same apartment building. You'll be standing there like just picking your nose or I don't know, looking at some dirt on the wall trying to imagine that that person is not there you you won't say a word like even when you get into the elevator people will not say a word that's so weird it's not everywhere like that but there are cities like even big cities where it's just just how it is and then when those people get to america and they get to experience this hospitality and how people have what they call uh their overseas fake smiles and fake greetings and stuff when they later realize that it's not fake it's all genuine it's just how people communicate it's just 
you know, psychologists basically explain this, that, you know, we do it here in the States this way to identify unconsciously if this person is, a, is, a, is an enemy, if he's uh, a threat or if he's a friend. That's how your brain works. Like if you say hi back and you look back, you know, in the eye, and if you smile, then your brain automatically gives this person a green pass. <laughs> and if that person does something weird or uncommon, you get a red flag and, well, you might be looking at uh, that person differently. But, well, most people here adopt really fast. But that boxing match was interesting because both fighters were amazing and it, it was obviously for a world championship title uh for the for the world championship belt and Usyk is a, is a is a true eastern european gentleman who is a smart guy as well he's really really good great person uh he came to to tony value uh, and he you know he raised his uh defeated hand up into the air showing everyone that he's the real winner that he deserved to win just happened so that alexander won but it was it was just so cute and so touching i don't know it was it was just really amazing if you even if you're not into boxing you should probably uh you know just go and google Usyk versus value and just uh fast forward to i don't know round seven so you would see that value is was actually fighting really good he's, he's a strong fighter he deserved to win but not as much as alexander because he was just you know just outperformed him a little bit not by not by not by much actually but he did he's a winner yes but at the same time you want to give credit to tony and you you know you it's one of those situations when your mind, your child, inner child, wants to have an alternative reality where Tony would be the winner and not Alexander. And you would somehow magically have those two realities uh, coexist, which of course never happens in real life. Okay, that was it for today. It was Monday, uh, November 12th. Thank you. See you tomorrow.